0: You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast, brought to you ad-free with the support of our Patrons. Visit MashThoseButtons.com or stay tuned after the show for more details.
1: Hello there and welcome to episode 23 of Push the Point. The official Overwatch League podcast of the Mash Those Buttons Podcast Network. I'm back in the flesh. I Ramsey's finally back from vacation. So happy to be back here with my partner in cry. My my partner in ranked
0: I don't know what you would <laughs>
1: call a ranked experience this week. It's been a r it's been a weird up and down week, but I'm happy to be back. So so good to be back here on the West Coast. Happy to be back on the show. It's Ramsey's in Bosco, episode 23. Hope you're excited for it. I'm excited for it. Of course. I you know, I was you
2: last week. I was the one in the the driver's seat, the one driving the show while you were out of town, enjoying the sunny weather of Florida. And now I get to kind of sit here and let you take control of everything again. So it's it's nice. <laughs> I get to kind of be the lazy
1: one again. <laughs> well, it, it's it was so I was in Florida for for a little bit of a trip and I didn't think I would actually get to, but I met some Mayhem fans while I was in Florida. Mm. One of them was actually got to meet up with Allure Moore from the Casual Owl Fans podcast, of course, like guests we've had on the show. Super awesome seeing him and his family. Awesome time. Shout-outs to Allure Moore. And then... That's awesome. <laughs> the other thing that was hilarious is... So we're walking around Disney World. We're in the Epcot like World Showcase where they have all these different nations. And... You wa- we're walking around and we're in like the Japanese pavilion and there's this huge dude like this super tall like kind of big guy in a mayhem jersey like just the normal like season one mayhem jersey and I'm like oh, to my girlfriend I'm, like oh cool, like oh cool it's a mayhem jersey like I feel like I should say something that'd be fun he's like she's like yeah do it and like I walk by him and I'm like oh yeah like bring the mayhem like put the fist up and he's like what and he's totally trying like to totally try like to. No, like no, sell me on it at all. Like, like, yeah, no, like the team, like it's the Florida Mayhem jersey. He's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, it's an Overwatch League jersey. Like, I know what it is. And he's like, oh yeah, right, haha. I memed you, and then this 24 year old man proceeds to double dab on me at, at Disneyland. Like, I don't why. Like this 24 year old man's like, I memed you and like dabbed on me. It's like you've been memed, and I was like walking wow. away. Like, wow, wow. <laughs>
2: I mean, Gross. I thought you were going to say it was like bare hands or something and he didn't want oh, you to I, I don't know. I was like, bare hands is kind of like a normal guy when you meet him. So that would make no sense to me why that, that would be sort of. the. <laughs> and then I was no, like, wait, have- this is not going the way I thought it was going to go. I was so excited. And then like,
1: because every Florida fan I ha- I've met has been super passionate about the team and super like nice and awesome to talk to. And then you make up like. Guy. Yeah, like Florida fans make up like half the Overwatch podcasting community. It feels like, like, yeah, I meet this guy and he like, if you're if you're ashamed to wear the jersey, dude, just don't wear a bright yellow jersey. This is the Florida mayhem on. Yeah, it. like <laughs> if you're, ugh. So one bad fan does not make a a bad fan base make, but
3: it was Very just, true. That
1: was my one little nugget of just like, really, like, really, like, ugh. <laughs> Yeah, but aside from that being the highlight of my vacation the last week or so, it's not a, there's not a lot of news to cover this week necessarily because everything's been kind of tightening up as we get as we finish the regular season. We're recording this Sunday night. Regular season is over. Valiant Homestand or Kick Hat Rivalry Weekend, excuse me, is over. On to the playoffs. Just big sad to the Shoutouts to the LA Valiant and they fought I pun intended valiantly this week, but it just it wasn't enough. It's a bummer to see it because you see you saw these guys come from like, yeah, 0-7, haha, but like from the very bottom, make all these switches, claw their way back into fighting contention, really, really make a run at it and just right out of their hands at the last minute.
2: The moral of the story is, children, don't go and seven in a stage and you more than likely will make it to the playoffs if you have a good end of your season. So yeah, it it sucks to see, I mean, their schedule was not favorable to them at the end. When you look at the two teams, they had to play to get in Mm -hmm. to the, you know, into the overwatch league. But at the same time, it's one of those things where it's like, I, as bad as you feel, it's also like, I don't feel bad because they had their opportunity. They they fell so far behind. So I, I don't feel too bad.
1: Yeah, it's it's professional sports. That's what the deal is. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, yeah, it's a bummer and like we're sad that we didn't get to see the storyline play the way we wanted. I mean, in a perfect world we could get Chengdu and the Valiant in the playoffs, because I would love to see both those teams again, but it's it's how it happens. Not every team's going to make it. Not every underdog team is going to make it into the playoffs. That happens every year.
2: I'm okay with so. it though. I'm all right with it cuz Chang gets to stay in. You know, Kenobi and I were hoping for that. We we thought that was probably going to happen. You know, the, the biggest thing was was the LA Gladiators game versus the Valiant. You know, if Gladiators won that, you felt pretty confident that they weren't going to win the next game for the Valiant. I, the hmm. only thing is I do feel bad for some of uh Friends of the show who are big LA Valiant fans, uh, Vic being one of them that comes to mind. Uh, Jeremy Winter, uh, Briggsy, who you know, we've had Briggsy was there.
1: Oh yeah, I poor so Briggsy.
2: But she's, uh, I believe she's drinking her her sorrows away and enjoying the night regardless. So that's the one good thing about the Overwatch League is you get to meet some awesome friends, and and that's always a great
1: thing. When you can't like realistically, if you're the Valiant, you can't be too bummed from coming from like all the way at the bottom just barely missing the playoffs like that is a huge bummer but you still have a lot to be proud of unlike a lot of teams that have been kind of floating around the pool recently i know dallas comes to mind where you see instead of like a ascension into almost making the playoffs you see a dramatic of like just sliding fall down into like as as you would hear from like from Bren and from Reinforced into Pepega tier <laughs> here in the bottom 20% where the outlaws and I reside. It's the season has ended up in a very interesting way where a lot of the teams that like, so we like we easily assume like San Francisco, New York, Vancouver, London. I mean, London hasn't looked it recently, but we assumed like, yeah, those teams are going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But to see like, We've seen a couple teams really kind of scrape their way in or ascend really into top tier status. Like a couple months ago, I'm like, I, you can quote me on this podcast where I'm talking about how I can't trust the Atlanta Rain because they only win like two games a stage. And then and they then seven and they oh. go, <laughs> yeah, seven and zero. Oh. Hangzhou a couple weeks ago looked really rough. We were talking about them possibly falling out of playoffs, and then they pulled it together and made it. They have Wong, looked so yeah. good. Guangzhou too, coming out of nowhere. Well, not again, not nowhere. If you've watched Chinese contenders like Asteriska, but like, like yeah, some of us do. Just saying, like Guangzhou coming back and being a real like a force to be reckoned with. It's the playoffs have been very, very interesting to say the least. I'm excited to see how they play out, and we're gonna go through them here for a little bit just to now that we actually have our set playoff lineup, if you will, or set like playoff brackets, we can actually start looking at what our potential matchups are going to be.
2: Yes, we we have everything set for the most part, at least for what matters as of right now, I I think is the best way to put it. Like play in bracket is first, obviously, before we get to the actual playoffs. So that is something that we can focus on and kind of figure out. So everything is set since obviously the regular season is over. It starts off with match one which will be Friday the 30th. Uh, the Guangzhou Charge versus the Chengdu Hunters, which hurts a little bit because it means one of these Chinese teams who is fantastic has to be out. And then we also have the Philadelphia Fusion versus the Shanghai Dragons, which will also be that Friday. And then that will determine who plays the London Spitfire and the Seoul Dynasty who will wait the, the whatever team is the highest seed remaining, meaning the closest to number one we'll play the dynasty and then the lowest remaining seed the closest to number 12 for those of you who might sh- be unsure what they mean by lowest and highest we'll play the london spitfire
1: yeah so the entire the entire play in like bracket or the teams that are going to be part of the play the play in bra- bracket are going to be from like highest seed to lowest seed it's going to be uh, the london spitfire with the 7th seed soul dynasty with the 8th seed the Guangzhou charged with the ninth seed, the Philadelphia Fusion with the tenth, the Shanghai Dragons with the eleventh, and the Chengdu Hunters just barely squeaking in there with the twelfth. So, uh, like we said, obviously, if you are if you have like that lower seeding, that's kind of the punishment for getting that lower seeding is that you're going to continuously face higher seeds as you advance if you advance at all.
2: And then if you manage to make it out of the play in tournament into the actual play in bracket or the playoff bracket, you will either play the Vancouver Titans or New York Excelsior. So it all just goes in, based on the seeding. So hmm. the the team that is the lowest seed will play the Titans and then the next one will play the Excelsior. So you, you still have a very, very rough road ahead of you. And the other thing to consider too it is double elimination, so you do get at least two losses if you're one of those play-in teams. So you may drop in early because New York and Vancouver are the number one and number two seed, but you still have
1: chance to live on in the tournament even if you lose your first match. Well, and to be clear, that's not for the playoff bracket. That's that's for the that's not for the play-in bracket, Excuse right? Me. That's that's what I said, the, like the yeah. season playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So going through this matchup by matchup. So I think the stuff that's going on this weekend. So this coming weekend, starting Friday, August thirtieth, is going to be the play-in bracket. So we're going to get day one is going to be the charge and the hunters. Who are we? Fe- who are you feeling for this one so far, Bosco twi- Pick in between the two Chinese teams. I I want to say Chengdu, but I think it's going to be the
2: charge. I. It's kind of weird to consider this right now because we we have a new patch that's coming in for this. So things can be much much different. Like Sigma is going to be in the playoffs. Like we already knew that. We knew that about a month ago, I want to say. You know, before mm-hmm. the the stage actually before the stage even started, I believe we knew. Yeah. So like we knew Sigma was coming. We knew that there was going to be this change. It's just a matter of like, how does this really affect things? Like, because the charge could end up being useless in the new patch. So, like, I could actually see a world where maybe Chengdu will beat the charge. But I still think you give the edge to the charge because of how look they, they have looked in two two two. Well,
1: and you got to wonder. So, if you've touched Reddit or Twitter at all in the last couple of weeks, everybody is either is talking or complaining or arguing about Double Shield kind of being a very strong comp online right now. How likely are we to see a double shield, to see double shield? It's almost guaranteed from what we've been hearing from pretty
2: much everybody Arisa Sigma is pretty, pretty strong if you know how to play it. And mm. Sigma is definitely very strong, which is why the patch that's currently on PTR is a patch that has a bunch of nerfs to Sigma because of how powerful he is. There's also a bit of a change to Symmetra and like Symmetra could be the whole key to this entire thing for, for both the play in and the playoffs is if you have somebody who can play Symmetra, you could be the team that kind of surprises everybody because if you've played any ranked at all right now, you'd know that Symmetra is something that can be very strong and gets just builds that beam off of those shields so quickly. So. This is something that could potentially be really good at the higher level. I mean, we saw Atlanta, even before the patch changes, they just played in their final game, the Symmetra, with, with Baby Bay, and they still won with it. So mm-hmm. even pre-patch, it's still not bad of a thing that it, if you know what you're doing with it. So Symmetra could be a key as well. I hope not. I hope that that she's still that at the higher levels that they're still able to take care of the Symmetra. But that may not be the case, especially with the fact that you can just melt those double shields with the Symmetra.
1: And so we're looking at like Symmetra, and then what would be the other DPS?
2: Well, the other DPS kind of just depends. I guess it's it, it's sort of map dependent. And if you think about it, you're trying to either break that shield along with the Symmetra, or you're just looking for something that's going to be able to get pick potential. So it it could be the May still, it could be the the Reaper that we've seen a lot of. You know, could be the Hanzo. I think the Hanzo is still going to be strong because he can help shred through those shields too. So I I don't know if the other position changes so much. It may be just the the May is the one that sort of changes to that Symmetra now. So like two heroes who were kind of on the back burner before it could be the two that we end up seeing, you know, get thrown to the forefront here a little bit more. I I think the play in is going to be the biggest determining factor of where we see the meta go, like because. It's all speculation right now, right? Because like we mm-hmm. haven't seen these Overwatch League teams run anything. And the teams who have had the longest to sort of look at the patch and really scrim for it are teams like the Charge, the Hunters, the Fusion, you know, the Dragons.
1: All Pretty much almost all of those teams
2: Well, weren't playing this
1: like, week. For the bracket, yeah. Right. I think, yeah, the Dragons will be the, one, the ones who are probably going to be the furthest behind. And even then, we don't
2: know. The Dragons may not have actually practiced this week for for the games that they for the game that they had to play. They only had one. They may have they may have decided they already knew their fate. They probably, I wouldn't be surprised, if they used their scrim time to practice on the later patch
1: just like Atlanta did. Well, in looking at these games, between Guangzhou and Chengdu, the thing that makes it hard to break this up is that both these teams have DPS who are very good at picking like variable heroes or like playing heroes that like, like you have your, like your McCree's your soldiers or like your widows, which are good, but playing heroes that kind of have like a little bit more of like a weird toolkit. Like Nero has been great on May this entire time. Could Nero also be a really good Sim? I have, I won't, I will, I would not at all be surprised. There's no correlation
2: though, between the two. I think is something to point out. Like, it's sure. all about how much time he's put into it if he, if they think it's something that's strong. Like, again, they may not... Like, symmetric could be really strong and a team could think that it's not the thing to play and then they just don't have anybody who who's even prepared to try and play it. Like, that's a possibility.
1: When I think about that, like, with Chengdu, where Chengdu has been the team all year that's played, like, weird comps. And with Shanghai and Chengdu specifically... Those are two teams that kind of have been reluctant to immediately change to a new meta. Usually, kind of preferring to do what they want. Like Shanghai, was, it, Ding still plays a decent was still playing a decent amount of Farah into stage four when he like when it was not at all as useful as it was in previous patches. So, I like I could see them falling out just because. Like this is not the time that like, this is not the time of the season where you want to experiment necessarily in my opinion, where you want to refuse to experiment with the new comp, like you need to get acquainted with these new double shield comps because they're going to be thrown at you
2: and that's where preparation up to this coming Friday is important. You know how much time if you are one of these play in teams, did you put into figuring out? The meta that's going to evolve into these playoffs because it's obviously something that's more than likely going to change as we go in through the playoffs as we find what is truly the meta composition like right now most of it is speculation there's there's nothing that's you know down pat because nobody's played on the patch yet you know it's not like we Mm. have contenders to watch either for this i think that's one thing to point out as well we don't have any high level play on this current patch happening like there's nothing. There I think there's some tournaments coming up here soon, but there there's no high-level tournaments going on right now that you're like, oh, let's see how they're playing in this sort of two two two. Like, like Sigma's not on any of the contenders playoff patches or anything like that. So and, and most of the contenders I think is over now, anyways. So that's mm. beside the point. You know what? Gauntlet's next. And gauntlets not for a little bit. So it's really the onus comes to these teams. To sort of figure out what is really the meta of this patch, because right now all you can go off of is solo queue, and we all know that solo queue is not the place
3: to sort of figure that out. So, just
1: making our picks, making our picks for the play on bracket for charge hunters and for fusion dragons. Who are you? Who are you leaning towards? Do you want my head or my if heart you had to pick?
3: Because it's Ugh. different.
1: The, my heart wants Chengdu, but I think I, I just think the charge take it.
2: I think the charge do too. I, I I want the hunters to surprise me. You know, good old Moss Seven Club. I you know maybe this is the finally the meta that really fits into what that team you know was all about. So hopefully the hunters can do that and and bring us some of that and and really show us what they can do in the play in bracket. But I think if you're if you were a betting man, I think you're picking the charge. I don't see why you would, you would go against that one. You know, like like
3: mm-hmm.
2: I, I I'm really curious actually to know what the odds are for that because this is has to be really tough to try and figure out.
1: Yeah, it's gotta be like I don't know, because all these teams are like kind of stretchy teams. Teams that can be really good one week and fall apart the next. Like, both have such high peaks and such low valleys, like, it's hard to judge based off of any sort of consistency.
2: I think that's that's what makes this so hard, too, is, like, you just, you don't know. You really don't, because we don't have, like, it's not like, you know, if we were going off of this, the patch that Stage 4 was on, you and I would be saying charge, hands down, easy, right?
3: Like, I don't think there'd be a question in our mind.
1: Well, this is Chengdu, and what can you, like, Chung this this is the team that refused to run ghosts for three stages, except for one map for like one matchup against Vancouver. Like
2: that's what I'm saying. So, so I think you still have to go with charge, even though I think both of us are kind of still a little bit reluctant even to do that.
1: Mm -hmm. For fusion dragons, I think fusion. I don't know because I would think fusion can take it. My only issue is that I don't, if they're going to play a double shield comp, I don't like, I think you're really switching Poco away from one of his primary strengths. Like, I, I just don't know if Poco is going to be able, like, if you're that tank line double shield of Poco and Sado is going to be as good.
2: Well, I, I guess the question is then too, is Poco
3: even going to be playing? They don't have another tank to sub it. Who says that it has to be a tank?
1: Who else do they have to sub in?
2: You're forgetting about somebody that they traded with in a team from another team that he, was in the play-in. We're not, you know. All right, I, I'm just saying this. This is where that trade makes sense, right? This is something Lobo, that that was talked about prior.
1: Lobo, if I'll make you this bet right now, I, I will buy you. I will. I will buy you a hundred tokens. I will send you a hundred tokens on BattleNet if Kib plays one map as Sigma. I, I I don't want any tokens. I have
2: too many as it is. So <laughs> I, I, I'll i take a bet with you, but that's not it. I'm not even saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying there's a good possibility that that's something that they could do.
1: It would be Philly. I mean, who even knows? It's how they do it in Shang- Philly, man. Come on now. P. Domgenate. <laughs> like, I think, like, I can't trust Shanghai either. Just...
2: You can't trust either of them. This is the harder one to pick between the two, in my opinion. I think
1: Guang—I do think if Guangzhou make it past round one, I can see them taking the whole thing. And, and normally we would think Lennon would have this whole thing easily, but Lennon is just so streaky. They're just so high low. It's so like for a team that should have just crushed with this, with the 2 2 2 win, like they were even still having problems.
2: Exactly. So I think you give maybe a slight edge to Philly just because they've been more consistent, right? I think so. But not. See, this is this is the biggest question, though, too, is like. for 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 the questions with Poco, as far as off tank, you have as many questions for Shanghai on the off tank role, like who's going to play this like is if Sigma is the choice, who plays it? You know, because. Obviously, Gamzu's probably your Arisa, right? Like, that's not changing. But then who's the mm-hmm. Sigma? Is it Envy? Is it Grigori? Like, I don't know. It, th- there's This is so tough. Like, if I was somebody who was betting, I'd probably wait until the last minute to do any of these and just see where the money's going. Because I I have no inclination of anything as far as – I I also haven't heard anything either, so – but I think that's the point right now. It's like this is this is so going
3: to be such a an odd one because we are coming into a new patch. Yeah, it'll
1: That's what I love right now cuz realistically, who knows? So who who are you who picking? Who knows though? what to expect.
2: But if you have to pick, who are you I'm picking? Philly. You're picking Philly I like
1: I when you can rely on well, ugh, but they have they have young in, and they have DM. Ugh.
3: So I just think Philly's going to take to it more quickly than Shanghai will. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's so tough. Um, I I think I give the slate edge to Philly though. I really do. I it's I not, not so much of one though. The slight ed- that's the whole thing is just slight edges.
1: Slight, slight edges. But yeah, that's what's gonna that's what we're looking forward to for the play in tournament this week. We'll cover we'll go more into depth as far as the season playoffs in next week when we actually start getting closer to them. But just to take a preliminary a little bit of a look at it right now. We so like we were saying. Titans are going to play a play-in winner. I think they're going to play the lowest seed. Then New York is going to play the highest seed for the plans. After that, you have Spark versus, Well, you also have Spark versus the Gladiators, and you have the Shock versus the Rain, which we talked about Atlanta kind of clawing their way into like a top-six finish, which was like, hey, good for them. Congrats. You get to play San Francisco. And outside of the Titans, there's not a team I would be more... Where are you facing going into a season playoff format?
2: It's funny. The two teams that were seven and oh in the final stage have to play each other first round of the playoffs. Like that's that's so rough. Like it's so unfortunate because it's like, I mean, again, it is double elimination now for the playoffs. So we'll see whichever team loses more than likely the rain again. And they still have a chance to potentially go deep into the playoffs, but it'll have to be from the loser's side. And honestly, I can see that happening for regardless of whoever wins that game.
1: Yeah, like, it's, I hate to say the same thing over and over. Like, man, like, if they get past, like, week, if they get past the first game, like, they could go really deep. Like, I, Atlanta is such, like, a mix-up of a team that I think Atlanta could make a deep run looking at the rest of it, I don't have faith in Gladiators to get anywhere past round 1 because this is the Gladiators we're talking about and I mean it's the spark too, but like Gladiators just have never done a very well in a playoff format. Titans versus Titans versus whoever in Excelsior versus whoever will be interesting. I think it'll be a really good playoffs. I actually it's also interesting to note that how many of these teams are expansion teams too. The Atlanta Rain the
3: spark that's it Two. oh and the titans sorry
1: three yeah like i saw somewhere on reddit that like this is it's really cool just to think about how much of a testament this is just to the amount of contenders talent and talent outside of overwatch league that's been brought in and continued to build the league up
2: you can also have up to four four contenders teams in there so if if the charge of the hunters make it all the way into the playoff bracket, that'll be the fourth one. So that's pretty good. I I, I would say that's pretty awesome that that many teams were able to make it in. And and yeah, you're right. It shows uh, there's a lot of
1: talent still out there that's undiscovered. I don't know if see. I don't know if he's undiscovered. I think his name is sugar free and we are constantly awaiting his date of employment with it, with the Overwatch League. Uh, I guess it's that time again when we need to uh, check
2: out. When is it that he's uh, eligible for the Overwatch League?
1: And you just always check.
2: Yes, uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're at 1,208 days. Zero hours, 29 minutes, and 35, 34, 33 seconds.
1: Sweet. So 1,200 days away. The day draws ever. The day draws ever. The day draws ever ever closer. Sorry about
2: that. I was just agreeing with you. It does. You know, we'll be sure to throw that into our notes, too. If you want to know
1: when sugar-free is going to be eligible. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to know at any hour of the day? (laughs) Right. Exactly. You kind of just need sure. that
2: reminder sometimes.
1: Hey, if there's one thing I can live for, it's the fact that eventually sugar free might be an owl in approximately a thousand plus days. So
2: I have early odds, by the way. So on uh, BetOnline dot whatever the AG, they do have early odds for things that are happening in the future. So I have the early odds in front of me for the first play in games. And to no surprise, it's the Fusion and the Charge are the favorites in those two games. Uh, pretty significantly, too, actually. Really? Yes. Uh, not so much for Philly. Like the Philly-Shanghai one is a little bit closer. But for the Charge and the Hunters, it's pretty significant gap between the two.
3: Um, What's the odds for a Charge winning? The odds
2: for ch- the charge winning? Do you do you want that in decimal form, or <laughs> or do you want it in frac? I'll I'll just give you the fraction. They're they're eleven Jeez. to fifty. It's not that bad. No, it's not that bad. That's pretty good odds. Um, you're gonna make you know two ninety seven over one hundred. I don't know why they have such large fractions that they're doing this off of on this site, but whatever. You know, 297 over 100 is the Chengdu Hunters, so if you're unfamiliar with what that means, it means that you're going to make a lot more money if you're betting on Chengdu than if you're betting on the the charge. So basically, to make $100 for the charge, if you make a $100 bet, you're really not going to win much money. Like, you're not even going to win $100 if you bet on the charge. You bet on Chengdu, though... You're gonna win quite
3: a bit of money.
1: <laughs> so I I think I found what our next niche is. They're doing the betting. Do it. Until, until Overwatch comes in and has their own version of the whole thing. Yeah. Since it's all legal now, right? Uh Pete's on Pete's working on it. Pete's working on that. He's working on fantasy for Overwatch. We should until You
2: want to become a, a, a betting podcast? I'm in.
1: Let's do it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm really bad at numbers. That's probably not a great idea. <laughs> uh, you don't another, have to be. You don't have to be good at numbers. <laughs> what
2: are you? What is this? Good at numbers? That's not working.
1: I don't hard. know. As somebody who doubts his intuition a lot, I'm <laughs> probably not the. I'm not the most confident making those kind of statements. Although there are people who do have that kind of confidence, especially when they're going to make what we would say is kind of a bolder, more you could even say outrageous statement. So just to get to it, I don't know if you guys have heard the Dogman comments from this weekend. I don't know if you've seen them, if you watched them live, or you had to catch up back with them as I did. A little bit of some spice going on in this week's games. So, of course, Dogman and the Atlanta Rain played against the Dallas Fuel during the homestand weekend. I'm trying to remember this if it was a 3 1 or 4 0. I'm pretty sure it's a 4 0, correct? Four oh Oh yeah, they, they four would him. Yeah. So four zero, pretty just. It was a stomp. It wasn't close. And let's be clear: like Atlanta has a team is a team that has had a very.
2: Oh, sorry, three one, three one. Dallas did win 3-1, one. Okay,
1: I by uh, mistake. Atlanta is a team that's had a very like noticeable and very strong upward direct tra- uh, trajectory that's been building and building. And Dallas, like we said before, has been really just kind of losing pieces as they go. So, Dogman, of course, our our favorite flex support. The guy's always got a word to say, always got somebody to call a theater. Dog- Dogman's the kind of guy who always has something to say to the media. So, after their 3 1, they interview Dogman for the post game interview. And Dogman pretty much comes out and says, Yeah, like it was a pretty fun game. Like we had a good time. Uh, it is kind of fun though because like all all of us like got denied from Team USA, like none of us made it, and here we are beating the coach for Team USA and all and players he picked. Like I don't know, I'm just saying, like GG Bud, which I'll we'll put the clip in there. I don't have I don't have a direct quote in front of me, but pretty much the effect of like, hey, like Arrow Arrow passed us up, and look, we beat Arrow. We three won his team. Like GG Bud, like. And you went. He went further on, actually, in a post game interview, in the post game press conference afterwards. I know um, uh, Connor Newson from uh, Game House actually brought the quote that they asked him again, like, "Hey, it's like those comments you made about Arrow, like you sh- like, so what's up with that?" And he was doubling down, and he said uh, he called his coaching of Team USA and the Dallas Fuel both incompetent, which. Is definitely it? That's some mud you're slinging right there. Like it's that's not something necessarily to take crazy. I don't know lightly. Uh, it's it's something that is definitely going to have repercussions if you say it. He he definitely
2: was trying to stir the pot with what he said. I, I don't think there's a question about it because uh, obviously he feels very, very um, passionate about it. I guess would be a good word about what it is he he definitely feels slighted obviously especially with how well they've been playing as of late and he's not happy with the fact that he's not even being considered for the team usa team which is if you look at the support position there's only one playoff support that they're going to have on their team and that's ma mm. the rest of the supports are on teams that didn't make it in Cause you have raucous and sleepy Washington and, and Houston. Uh, Houston sorry. I, I don't know why I was blanking on who Rockus was on, but you know, neither of those supports uh, had played particularly well at the end of the season as well. So the questions are there anyways, this is a way to bring it up. And this is going to get people talking about it where people are going to look at this and be like, well, you know what? Yeah the supports that are being considered for Team USA haven't performed well as of late. The other mm. thing that you're going to get people to say, though, of course, too, is the the opposite side, which is, well, he didn't do well in the trials for Team
3: USA.
1: I think I remember him even saying that, like, yeah, he he even said, like, I
3: underperformed. Which is fine. But I guess this
2: is where sort of, You start to wonder if the way Team USA has gone about paring down their roster to this point, if they made the right decision to do it so early, when the meta has significantly shifted from earlier on in the year.
1: I'm pretty sure, though, that they were required to submit at least a 12-man pretty early. I don't know. I don't see. I, I don't know if they were. I don't see why
2: they would have to. I, I guess that just doesn't make any sense to me why they would have to do that. But you might be right. I don't know the requirements off the top of my head. But at the very least, it, it is one of those things that I guess you have to look and put into to the question. Is that any benefit to any of these teams that are going to be competing on now a significantly different game than when they were doing their trials?
1: Yeah, um, committees will be built, but... Player tryouts are held from June 13th to July 14th. Guidelines will be provided to the teams directly during the stage. Um, Committees will then submit. So pretty much by the 14th, you have to submit your final player. Like by the 14th, you have to submit your 12 player roster, and then at a certain point, you can select a seven player, a seven one. And I also, I, you go.
2: No, I was just gonna say, just that's. That's something on the over on Overwatch's
1: side that I'm not a fan of. Yeah, especially like when you divide it so hard by different metas, uh, it's something we've always kind of hoped would happen to South Korea would just be like, man, they're going to like pigeonhole themselves with this, like with the meta they're picking players from. And then they never do. They always pick like very balanced players who can play a variety of different things. Instead of following kind of the popular opinion of like, wow, why didn't they just pick literally the entire London Spitfire for last year's South Korea team? Or why didn't they pick the
2: entire Vancouver Titans or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever full Korean team that they they have the choice of taking and putting on the roster. I, I think that that's why South Korea wins it every year is because they take those things into consideration has. Has Team USA done that? I I would say in most of the roles, yeah. And maybe they you could say that in support, but those supports just
1: haven't been playing well. That's just a fact, though. Well, the point you can make with Dogman is that, and I haven't focused on his play too hard this stage, so I'm not the best person to evaluate this, but in past stages, he's been the kind of guy where you have to you have to throw a lot of support behind him to make sure he stays alive to actually get the picks you need him to get. And I can see the argument of trying to get a flex support that is less aggressive so you don't have to commit as many resources. But I do agree, like, you compare him against the other two flex supports that are listed. Sleepy's, Sleepy's been sitting this whole stage. He's played a map here, a map there. Guido's been the primary starter at flex support for the Justice. And I love Rockus, I love him to death. Rockus is Rockus, like, he's been mediocre the whole time. I mean, if we go by fantasy
2: numbers for Dogman, he's done pretty well the last two stages.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: He, he's he been very good, actually. So
2: it's one of to those. His,
1: cr- well, to his credit, we've heard less and less about him getting like caught out and like him getting punished as well. Yeah, like, I think there has been a little bit of learning to like not always overextend like that.
2: And I think that it's more of learning how to play around your team more than it is. You know, I, I'm sure in certain situations, and also maybe it was just was—it was contenders in general where the competition's a little bit different. Like I'm not saying that contenders is bad. I'm just saying that Overwatch League's a whole different beast. So, from that respects, if you look at it, you'd have to say, "Oh, okay." So he's learning how to play within himself and within this team. And sure, it took some time, but. Does that mean that mechanically he's uh, isn't one of the more gifted players? No, he, he always was. I think that was never a question. So it, it, it's kind of a weird spot to sort of be in. And I I don't fault him for doing this, for causing a stir, because otherwise we wouldn't even
1: be talking about this right now. Well, and I have to kind of zoom out a little bit because... In the Overwatch world, like this is oh, like this is super inflammatory, this is super awful, like this is ridiculous. Like within that sphere, like when we think about it. And like earlier this week, like people, like it's preseason and people are already throwing shots. Like football players are throwing shots already. Like we already heard Baker Mayfield, again, he got taken out of context a little bit, talking about how like another team picking up a different player like blew his mind. Why would they ever select that guy? It's like these kind of statements. Are not are kind of apart par for the course in a lot of other sports, and, and in other sports they're more inflammatory
2: than what we've just heard Dogman do. You know, like and I,
3: like they will say some things that you can't repeat. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: and what's, what's interesting to see is that, you know, I'm a I'm a, I'm a polite guy. I would say like I'm very much like a yes, non-confrontational yeah. person, but. Meanwhile, I'm over here being like, man, like I don't know if I would have said that, like, ugh. But you go online and for a lot of the social media, I players aside, the players is a different kind of realm. The fan the fan vote, the social media vote has kind of been in support of it, from what I've seen. A lot of people have just been like, Yeah, he's been better. He has. He's been really good. And a point more specifically to Arrow, which I think is another part of this conversation, Arrow's coaching hasn't Ar- Arrow gets a lot of credit for doing really well at Fusion University which again F- Fusion Uni did great. Uh he does deserve credit for they've been on record saying that like he helped build longer lasting habits that have kept them like doing well as an organization. They people cherry picked the phrase self coach which that full quote is him, is them talking about how he helped them learn how to self coach themselves. Like so he did really well at Fusion University. He did really well with that with stage four of Dallas Fuel last season. I do agree, though. Team USA, you can make the point they didn't do very well with the medal last year. Where they they refused to lean into goats, which kind of led to them getting beaten by Britain. And then with Dallas Fuel, it has been a thing where it's almost been an overcoaching issue. Where if stuff doesn't follow exactly the same scenarios that we're planned for it doesn't work out. We just don't know what to do. We talked about this on the show before. Like Dallas has Dallas has suffered from this because it just feels like we make a plan, we try really hard, and then it just doesn't work. And you hit your head on the wall over and over and over, and nothing changes.
2: Well, where's that self-coaching is my question for the Dallas Fuel because it doesn't seem like it's there. Because you would think that the these situations where, where they should be able to adapt, they don't or they can't, and they can't figure things out. So... I don't know. I, I feel like there's more than that that's sort of plaguing the Dallas feel. I don't know if Arrow is the answer or the problem, because he could be both. He could be one of them. I think that if you're a Dallas feel fan, you do have to be questioning about how things are going. What is the biggest problem with this team? You have to assess, is the talent good enough? And I think that's a question that really
1: needs to be thought about long and hard. Are you? It is a, it's a 50-50 thing because people are so eager to be like, yeah, like, it's 100% Arrow's fault. But I think it is super 50-50. And,
2: but that's what I'm saying. So, so you look first at the talent. Do you think the talent on the Dallas Fuel is better than the record? I don't know if they are. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I agree At least with who we saw on the stage.
1: Hey, Mickey got to play one map. He got to play one least. map,
2: but that's not who I'm, I'm always talking happy
1: about. to see. Mickey, great.
2: <laughs> Every time Timeu was in, Taimu seemed to perform well.
1: It started that way, and then he kind of started to mellow down. Like he did well. But I didn't like the team itself kind of went from being really good every time time. It was into kind of mellowing out back to the mean.
2: But that was also the fact that time got in like six times the entire year, maybe. I mean, he didn't even how many times did he play an entire game once? If that mm. I don't even think he had a whole game where he played.
1: So he did cause the one where AKM had a family issue,
2: but that's it. And yeah. the only reason he did was because AKM had a family issue. So you don't really it doesn't seem like the talent is there. The players that may have the most talent haven't really played. You have some players who have gotten burned out already and had to take a break like OGE. Like there's so many issues just from the talent perspective of the Dallas Fuel that I don't even know if you can consider the coaching when. But. The coaching is also part of who brought these people in.
3: Mm.
2: So I don't know. Like, this is why it makes it so hard to sort of figure out the Dallas field because like Zachary actually ended up being pretty good in stage four. Yeah. And that's an arrow decision. No doubt, obviously with where both of them came from.
1: One, they have made selections for good players, like for a couple of good players. We talked like, you're like you. You know Jane pretty well. Like we hear all the time about how much like Jane is a Jane loves closer, and you watch closer on the film. Like Closer's a really good main support, and notes really good too. Notes really good too. Oge when he's in like when he's in the zone is really good.
2: But that's three players.
1: I, yeah, and you you can make I don't know. We talk about Uncle every week, but like you could t- like I th- Uncle doesn't look like he's happy to be there. I don't a k m looks like he like' is just having such a hard time. I think it's before we go before we all get the pitchforks out. I think we do need to see team u s a at least only because ugh, i think you i not even like from a one more shot thing, but this is i i at this rate. I think you. this is going to be the most even, balanced playing field you're going to get for a, an evaluation of Arrow as a coach.
2: Definitively, I think we can say this. Arrow is on a very, very hot seat. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's no question about that. And the the as you're saying about Team USA being a good assessment of Arrow, this could determine whether he has a job with the Dallas Fuel next year or not. Obviously, that's not necessarily the case. But to me, if I'm the Dallas Fuel, like, yeah, I'm looking to see how is his talent evaluation? Like, obviously, it's not just him. It's also Ballin as well. But Mm. and the rest of the coaching staff of Team USA. But who's the one at the head? Errol. So the one who's going to have the most onus on them and the most blame. That's life as a head coach. Yep you you get the you get the glory when your team wins, and you get the mud, the dirt, and everything else thrown on you when the team loses. So this is the situation that Arrow's in right now. the 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 regular season hasn't helped him, and now as head coach of Team USA, he's gotta he's gotta really show something. At least to me, I'm not I'm not saying that's going to be the case for the Dallas View. They may decide to keep him next year anyway, even if Team USA underperforms. But I think that the fans won't be very happy to see Arrow around if Team USA does poorly and he's still the coach of the Dallas field.
1: Yeah. I would definitely agree. Uh, To bring it back more towards the actual – to the Dogman comment, we talked about how like quite a public opinion was pretty in support of Dogman's comment. It was interesting to see a lot of the players really come out, not necessarily in support of Arrow, but more in the – more with a professional perspective of saying like you're not I understand you have like a personal bias I guess or you have a personal gripe with this but bringing this out in public and like tearing somebody down it, like to the media like that is unprofessional it is 100% it is like but that's, that's just part of the drama that comes with sports it is it's, the, it's, the, it's how we make storylines it's how players get remembered and I know Jake's. I Jake had gone on and said something about how like there's this, there's a this sentiment that like Arrow's kind of somebody who can't necessarily say who can't fight back to this because like his team's not playing for the rest of the state the season, which again that's that's what you get when like there's a reason for that. Like right. And also we talked about it before when and, like when somebody in an administrative or an executive position makes any sort of like comment in this sort of way at a player it immediately is going to be taken negatively regardless of whether or not if it's true so you could kind of give dogman crap for being able to say his comment from behind like a from behind a little bit of a shield punching
2: down was something that i saw be used sort of beating someone when they're down which is clearly the case with them
1: I think it's definitely well that's definitely the way to go about the definitely Yeah. Yes, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's criticizing talent and like criticizing coaching is not at all new, but it is something that's gonna kinda have to happen. It's something that happens in traditional sports. I know we always talk about how we want Al to be more like traditional sports. I think there's a balance you have to get there between it being its own thing and it being like meat sports, as we keep hearing it be called. I think I love that, by the way. Meat sports. There is a. Fi- <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, the fine meat sports. Yes, there's a delicate balance though, because if you just have everybody popping out of the woodwork to be like, "Yeah, that coach sucks," like "Yeah, that coach sucks," like "Yeah, I have a problem with this person," then all of a sudden you have. All your players running a mech and everyone's just saying whatever comes to mind. So not everybody can be a dogman, but this is Dogman's gonna be remembered. He will definitely be a player that is gonna be on the tip of people's tongues for the foreseeable future.
3: He will. Arrow could be that way too. I mean, we we neither of their
2: stories are over. Like, like people are definitely gonna remember this moment for a little bit but i do think this is something that will also fade too like this will be one of those things like when you look back on the league 10 years from now it'll be like you know in the top 10 moments of trash talk and overwatch league history like that's the next time people like 10 years from now they'll be like oh yeah i remember that they're like yeah dogman did get in on the world cup team that year and then they'll talk about oh yeah well then he went on the team the the year after and then they did this and the Like, that's always a possibility. But that's the other thing, too. Like, Dogman, depending on who, how other coaches and players are taking this, like, he could also be blacklisting himself from other World Cup opportunities.
1: Well, and Dogman is a smart guy. Like, I'm sure he knows that. This is a guy who, like, a year ago didn't think he was even going to be in Overwatch League at all. Like, yeah. Dogman's a smart guy. So I think he knows what he's doing. I will say if you look at his social media, particularly his Twitter, he has been very into just saying some very trolly things or just being weird on, like saying trolly things on the internet is not something that he is new to. So I think there's a difference between like lighthearted, like trash talking and like insulting someone necessarily. So, yeah, again, punching down cuz you you can't always hide behind the oh, it's just trash talk like oh like I'm just saying when somebody who can't defend themselves in that same way.
2: Oh, that's why you had him put on a uh a clown. <laughs> he put on the clown mask and the the clown uh the clown hair today because he kind of was a clown. I mean, he was. Like like there's a reason, like during the press conference where where his teammate in Fried, FRD, whatever you want to call him, kinda goes, Yeah, you you don't have to say anything anymore, dude. Like mm. basically trying to tell Dogman, like, stop, you've said enough. Because he, he really was going pretty hard in onto Arrow. And you know, that's that's a lot of resentment that uh it shows his passion, yeah. But as so many others have already said, it's also very unprofessional and and they end up causing him later on in his career in some way, shape, or form.
1: Yeah. Uh, just looking at the opinion of, for one, he was the last bit about this. He made the point in the post game interview that, like in the post game press conference, that he he was talking specific about how like the Atlanta Rain players weren't given a fair like this idea like that they weren't necessarily given a fair shot because you expect a sort of nepotism from Arrow. Which, it was the whole joke with Zachary last year, was that after we saw Zachary perform, before we were like, yay, Zach's great. And then afterwards, like, oh, Arrow's nepotism, oh, gross. Like, this idea that the players on the range weren't given a fair chance, where if you zoom out, Dogman's kind of the only person on the bubble that I would feel actually might get a spot on the Team USA roster, Baby Bay, maybe, but his quote was: "I mean, I wish the game was a little cleaner so the trash talk could be smoother. But for the most part, I think it's just because we have FRD, Baby Bay, Gator, and Hawk on our Academy team. These are all players eligible for Team USA, and three didn't even make it past the first round of trials. So I think the competency of Team USA's head coach and the coaching staff wasn't very good this year. Hawks are really, and good again." Player. Hawk's great. He's also not 18. Yeah. So Hawk's out of there. Well, no, he's, I mean, he's really,
2: 18 before the day is required, though. Oh. September 16th, so he's fine.
1: Hawk's really good. Is he better than Space? He's really good, is man. Gator Is Gator better than Fact, Muma or Super? I don't think so. Is FRD better than Space? I don't think
2: so. Oh, I'm not saying that, but... As far as people that would be considered, like Hawk is one I think Hawk is one where there's a little bit more Atlanta Academy's a Atlanta Academy's good. They're really mm-hmm. good. Like that's they're just a, a dang a, good team. They're a dang good team, man. Like like of all the teams where it's like, yeah, I could see some of these players potentially having a possibility of making it. Like it'd be some I of the players see. on their team, but I could see
1: Baby Bay making the 12-man, but I don't see him making the 7-man.
2: I think you and I have already discussed that through the through the ground, though, too, that like, it's really difficult. Like, Sinatra's clearly one of them. Um, Corey right now, we thought, would be another. And then, who is our third? Dante! Dante, that's right. So, like, other than those three, it's like, you know, like, good luck. It, it, like, Baby Bay, I guess you, you'd have to consider now. He's been playing so much better, but, again, I think those others are still maybe better choices and just give you a little bit more flexibility. So, and I think one thing that we still aren't considering here, too, is that by the time that World Cup comes around, the meta can switch can shift it significantly again by that time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything everything can be completely different in the span of just one patch. (laughs) Exactly.
2: Like I haven't even played the PTR, the latest patch to see like how much of a difference is this going to make when you're talking about like Symmetra and and all this other stuff, because like those are where some of the nerfs are. So, and that's at least one patch that we know that's going to come in
3: before World Cup happens. That's going to change the game too.
1: Or should change the game, I should say. We can, I don't know if we even hope anymore. I think we'll just have to observe because I, yeah. There's something to be said for having the same consistency across everybody's playing experience when it comes to Overwatch League. And we really haven't even had that anyway. So like
2: we we were off patch with the Overwatch League for how long? Like the last two stages, I think. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it'll be nice that play-ins will be on the same patch that we're on currently. So at least we get some sort of similarities. It's better than
1: last season. That that's true. That is true. I will take I'll take it over people having completely different abilities. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's super true. Yeah, but the we have we can all look fondly on those times from last season, but we actually have a couple more details as far as next season, if I'm correct,
2: right? Yes, though so the the 2020 schedule has officially been released for the Overwatch League. So all the homestands have already been planned out. Locations necessarily haven't been picked, but we do have where these games will be happening and who will be playing at them. So all games of the regular season, not just where, but the dates and the times as well. So I I don't know if, if the times that you see, I think the times are local to that place. It was never really made clear like when you click on it because it's a PDF. So my guess is is the times are local to wherever the game is happening. All yeah, times are local, yes. It says that at the bottom Wizard, of the
1: page. I'm, I just can got a little bit of crap as far as like how this whole thing was formatted just because it's not necessarily a easy – it's not an easy document to look at. Also, it's just 21 pages. Like, it's like week by week. It's the whole thing instead of like, hey, maybe just do a team by team.
2: Yeah, it's a little rough.
1: Yeah. And then if you go through Twitter, you Google it. There have been a lot of people who have made much more palatable and easy to, to digest versions of this as well.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't know but if there's any particular ones that you have liked better than any of the ones like
1: the Overwatch League one. I know uh, Totem's one from Overwatch League Network has was pretty good. That one's a lot cleaner. Yeah. It'll it's cool that we finally know all the details as far as what to expect from next season schedule-wise. Like the more gray areas we can eliminate the better. Like the more we can know about next season the easier it is to actually get excited and hype for it instead of like this last season where we're still we have we don't even know if there's going to be a preseason until like 5 days beforehand. <laughs> so, the more that
3: we know going forward the better. I'm all for it. I'm all for it as
2: well. Totem, we're going to have to have a talk with Totem because we live in central time, both him and I, and he doesn't have central time on his on his schedule. I'm disappointed. I'm not <laughs> mad. I'm just disappointed, Totem. So if you're listening to this podcast right now, I'm I'm disappointed that you don't have the schedule. I'm not disappointed. Please time. spare
1: me, Totem. <laughs> I
2: No, 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 I don't. Disappointed.
1: So, obviously, we, we're we not necessarily going to go through every single week by week. It is interesting, though, that the main critique I've heard, and I don't have the actual um, stats in front of me, is that there are going to be some teams that just travel more than others. That there are going to be teams that have longer breaks, or that there are just going to be teams that are going to spend longer on the road, further away from their home stadium.
2: Which that's sort of the way it goes, though, like you never have mm-hmm. you can't have a perfect um it's never going to be perfect, right like that's something that people have to realize like there there was no way this schedule was going to be perfect, you don't even have perfect schedules in leagues that have been around for a hundred years, like the m l b schedule still is not perfect, like there's so many complaints of the m l b schedule. Last year, they had a problem trying to fit all the games in before the final day of the regular season for the MLB. Like, I think people got to relax a little bit, especially when you think of logistically what is required to make this league happen with where all these teams are. Mm -hmm. So I I think that's a little bit of a kind of a dumb complaint that people are having because it was going to happen. Somebody was going to get the short end of the stick. And the teams that are further east and west are the teams that you kind of expected to be those teams or the teams that are going to have trouble hosting games. And this is another thing. This is also on the teams themselves for not being able to c- to secure
3: more home games. Mm-hmm. It's just as simple as that.
1: It definitely seems that it's something that people are like, I know people have been so antsy and kind of anxious about this whole homestand move. But you're right. Like not everything is going to be perfect. There are going to be teams that have to travel more, or that are going to have less time, less, less like length of their breaks. It's just it's unfortunately, it's just part of the deal.
2: One thing to consider Some, considered here too. By the way, we do have two home stands where we don't have a home team or home host figured out. Really? What weeks are those? That would be in April, uh, the week of April 11th and the week, it would be April 11th and 12th. So it's just one set of games of teams. So and those teams are the Shock, the Charge, the Titans, the Hunters, the Gladiators, the Spark. And then let's see. Shang uh, the Dragons as well. And then I think Soul. Are all the teams? So those teams, one of those teams is going to be a host that isn't one right now.
1: Mm. Yeah, that might throw a wrench into things. Not really. I'm actually. Su- it's like you go. it's just open. So, well, I'm just surprised because I would have figured they would have
3: that figured out already. But they will eventually.
2: I don't know.
1: <laughs> they'll they'll have to. I mean. Hey, it wouldn't be Blizzard if we didn't get all of our details nailed down literally like a day before they're supposed to happen. So, yeah. Lots to look forward to with the schedule. It's going to be better now that we can actually plan out where – like actually planning out going to these homestands. I know I'm going to try and make it out to the Houston one this year. If there was a, if there was a Chicago one, I would do it. But There's no
2: Chicago <laughs> team.
1: Not yet. Not yet. But, yeah, I'm going to try and hit the Houston one this year. It makes it a lot easier to actually move, like schedule out, like going to these home stands. So it makes like if you're someone like myself or like Bob or like your team that you like is not in your home state? It's a lot. Actually, going out and like scheduling travel to go see that team isn't going to be the worst thing in the world.
2: Especially too, because and even you have
3: so much time.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. Tickets go on sale in. A couple days, Wednesday, August 28th for everywhere except for China and Korea, which are going to go on sale on a later date. But tickets are going to go on sale soon. I don't necessarily know if we're going to see any sellouts within the first like month or so. Probably when we actually get within like a month of the games.
2: More than likely. But still, I, it's still nice to be able to plan out this far ahead. Because even if you have to buy tickets off of StubHub or something, it's not like you're going to be gouged for prices more than likely. So even it, you have so much time to to plan like, you know, for Houston in particular, you have either February or you have because they only have two homestands. You also have September. Or August, I mean, this <laughs> wrong month. So you have a lot of time between the, t- the even the first one, but also the the, the other homestand that they have.
3: Mm-hmm. There's a and, and with you go, I would say
1: there's a lot of time. Yeah. It's for what it, for how it could have been, like, us getting the schedule this soon, I'm pretty happy about it. Soon with an asterisk, because I know people were, all oh, people were wanting it a while ago, but I will take this. I am satisfied with this for now. This is sooner than we got
2: last year's or this season's schedule. <laughs> like, yes. I mean, come on. Like, th- this is so much better than what we've had prior. So, I, I don't know why people are complaining. By the way, Totems is super nice because you can sort by team who's Mm -hmm. hosting. So like it looks like I'm really curious to know who has the most um, games. I think it's either like like Dallas and Washington or two with a lot. It looks like Um, Philly has quite a few. New York, surprisingly, doesn't have as many as I thought Paris has a lot. uh hmm. the charge have a ton, so the charge yeah. like the charge, I think, have one of the most as well. So like that is something too. like I think people need to remember for the scheduling is like some teams just don't really have a venue and couldn't really schedule that many homestand games to even things out.
1: yeah. Well, like it's it's like how we've said for the past couple of months, the teams that have done the work to kind of get the stuff built out already are going to reap a lot more benefits from this.
2: Dallas, the Charge, uh, who else? There's a few Washington others. too. I Washington, say. Paris, uh, New York still has a decent amount, though. Philly, Seoul has a good amount too, but they're they're still on the they're kind of like on the smaller end. Mm. I don't know. There's there, the I, I think the one that's kind of surprises me that they don't really have more would be the Gladiators, I guess, and the the Valiant. Like they both
1: of those teams are are
2: I think only two for those two teams.
1: Well, I know with those they're also sharing a stadium as well.
3: So that makes it a little
2: tough. So they
1: like the the place that they use for the home stand this year they're going to use again for the home stands next year. That makes so sense. they're going to be sharing that as home stadiums. Yeah. So lots of details there. Great stuff. We highly encourage you. Go and check out your team schedule just so you can start getting your travel plans in. Start knowing when you have to book hotels, your flights. Save up. All of that. Save up. I mean, I'll personally tell you, I was in the Houston airport for approximately 35 minutes and I was... I don't know. I would, I would not say I was impressed from the airport itself. The city does look beautiful when you're flying over. But excited for next year's schedule, excited for next year's games, and excited for the playoffs this next coming week. It's going to be a lot of fun.
2: There's just so... The playoffs, man, it, it's tough. It's really tough to know how this is going to go, at least for the play-in part, and, and even on past that because of the change in patch. Like I'm really excited to see how the teams adapt. I really am.
1: It'll be a lot of fun. I'm excited for it. But before we leave, we're going to highlight one person who just, poor guy, the past couple of weeks has not been having a lot of fun with his game playing in the Overwatch League. And that, of course, same as last week, it's going to go to Unko again for this week's Fs in the chat. F is for Fuel, as it almost always is these last couple of weeks. So, on what think break it down a little bit we're giving this i we were talking about this i think we had to give this solely just because of the response to it so the so this whole dogman thing happens and unko of course tweets out at dogman to try it tweets out at dogman excuse me talking about how like, pretty much trying to snipe back at him after all, after what he was saying to Arrow. I'm trying to get the
3: actual post up.
1: I have it. <laughs> it's actually
2: insane to act like a good guy in private and being to- po- being toxic in public after a win. People really have to understand that you can no be toxic when you never won anything since the beginning of the game. I was winning tournaments you were not even born. At DogmanOW.
1: And then the top comment was um Baby Bay responding with Why why are you butthurt, Uncle? <laughs> which then somebody responded to that was like he was winning tourneys back when you were still cheating at CS, which was my favorite part of the whole thing. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> which side note, like, even when Unko was on a rogue, like rogue to me. From what I remember, it was always like a brides was always a bridesmaid, never the bride for most things right
2: not quite they they had a stretch where they were the best team in the world, where they won a bunch of tournaments um this was this was back though early in overwatch like this was uh who was on the team at the time i think reinforced like was on the team like that's how long ago it was, so it it has been quite a bit like they won they won a few majors in their time so it's not like they were completely a terrible team but they they definitely did have sort of a downfall it was always like them and envy were like the two teams right like as far as like the western teams who are like really like oh you've got to pay attention to these two teams so like they won, they won the Overwatch Pit Championship. They won the Overwatch Rumble, which were both majors, Overwatch Takeover 2, and then they did win two premier tournaments. They won APAC 2016, and then they won the ESL Atlantic Showdown at GamesCon. So like, did they win Apex? Well, no, of course not.
1: Did they win Apex Season 2?
2: Well, neither did Envy, if that's what you're getting at.
1: <laughs> nah I'm just cause the they won season one <laughs> the whole like I don't know Unko just always strikes me as such like a salty guy whenever cause like we say it every week every, every time he's up there he just looks tilted out of oblivion so I think it's just the way he looks I
2: don't think he actually
1: is I hope for his for his sake I hope he's not that bummed out all the time yeah but
2: I, either way like it's just it's like it's like, dude, come on. Like, He's like getting mad at Dogman, which deservedly so. He's trash talking your coach. I get it. The response was just like, dude, come on. Is- <laughs> like you knew Damn. that was going to be a copy pasta as soon as he posted it. It's like, come on.
1: It's rivalry weekend, dude. <laughs> the new hottest rivalry in Overwatch. The Atlanta Rain and the Dallas Fuel.
2: You know what? They're very close proximity-wise, but they're not in the same division. So they'll only get to see each other once, I think, in the regular season. That means In Dallas. In Dallas. Oh, that's gonna in be a Dallas. fun
1: game. That'll be a game so, to go to. <laughs> side note, just because I couldn't I, I had to talk about this just for one second. I think my favorite part of this entire week was just Bumper. Was them calling out like Bumper for the post-game interview after them playing us in New York today. And then New York's had this game. Like, they've tried really, really hard. Like, they were, like, competing a little bit. They still lose three to two. And then Bumper just comes up. And he looks always just – Bumper always looks like a movie villain every time they do, like, the post-game conference. He looks like like in G.I. Joe or something where they do, like, the, like the, the video transmission of the villain just coming and saying an intimidating speech at you. And just him being like, you know what? We have we didn't even really practice at all this entire week. Like we were super just messing around. So like we did expect like we expected to beat New York, so we didn't even practice, and we still beat New York. Ha ha ha. Like ugh. I mean, Bumper and Dogman are both Dogman Dog and Bumper both are in the running for Overwatch League villain of the year.
2: <laughs> it's funny because it's like you didn't think that Dogman, like like sure, he he trash talks, but it was always like a good fun. So, like, the fact that it's like, whoa, dog, man, you know, like, like this is this is next level, dude. So, it, it is kind of funny to see that.
1: I also will say, hello, Dallas. Welcome to the 0 and 7 Club. You have fine company here with the rest of us. You've made it. Congratulations. <laughs> F is for fuel.
2: F is fuel for fuel. Feels bad. Feels bad.
1: Feels bad. Feels bad, man. Always does. <laughs> on that note, we're gonna get out of here for tonight. A little bit of an abbreviated episode, which means we didn't go for almost two hours. So <laughs> we're gonna get out of here for tonight. But we just wanna say as always, thank you guys for listening, hanging out with us. We appreciate all of you out there listening on your podcasting service of choice. And the best way you can actually help us in the show out is by using that same podcast service of choice and leaving us a review, which helps us with visibility, helps people find us, and it helps us know what you like about the show and what you always want to Exactly. You can also
2: always come to the Master Those Buttons community on Discord, which is discord.me slash Buttons. There, you're going to be able to keep up to date with all of your favorite shows from the network, not just ours. There's more than just us there. There's some really awesome shows, a few of which you get to hear about right after we're done talking here. You can also support the show by supporting the network and going to the network Patreon, which is patreon.com slash mash those buttons. As little as $1 a month, all that it takes, you get access to Patreon-exclusive content. We haven't done anything specifically from push the point yet, but I know that eventually we're going to be doing some stuff for that. So if you want to see we're that we're working on
1: it, if you ja want Ja has stuff for us, he's told me.
2: Yes. So if you want to see that, become a supporter of the Mash Those Buttons platform. And then you'll get to see some of that exclusive content that Ramseys and I are working on. You can also just, you know, support us directly by tweeting at us and just telling us what you think. At push point bod is the Twitter handle for the show. You can also go to push push the point at gmail.com. It's kind of a tongue twister sometimes. Excuse me. PTP. Yes. Push the point at gmail.com. We encourage you to do that. You know, come send us emails about whatever questions you may have about the podcast. Instructive criticism comments. You know, tell us your thoughts about Dogman. If you hate him, if you love him. If you think arrows the worst coach ever, the best coach ever, doesn't matter. We'll we'll listen to it. We'll read it. We'll get back to you. May may even throw out in our next episode of the podcast if it's something really interesting that you have to say. We'll throw that out there as well. So be sure to do that. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, you know that's uh, a really good way to give us some long
1: form stuff. For more short-form stuff, where can they find you at Labosco? And
2: be, of course, at Labosco. That is my Twitter handle. That's what I do the most on. Uh, you could also go to Instagram, at Labosco1 is that one. Or you could just, you know, come hang out. I'm, I stream a lot more now. I'm starting to stream as much as I possibly can on Twitch. You know, playing a mostly Overwatch, but I do play a lot of other stuff too. But you can come check me out there. Labosco1 is my tw- my Twitch handle
1: yeah that's where you can find him and blazing bob carrying my silver butt (laughs) so exactly you (laughs) you can find me at ramses underscore ow on twitter thanks for hanging out with us you guys it's been a good week happy to be back in the saddle happy to keep happy to keep going as the season starts to wind down thanks for hanging out with us thanks for listening and as always take the time be kind and help make your community and your overwatch playing experience a better place to be thanks guys have a good one we'll see you later
0: thank you for choosing a mash those buttons podcast we hope you enjoyed the show if you would like to subscribe to one of our shows you can find us on multiple podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast platform, head over to mashthosebuttons.com, grab the RSS feed, and use it in your podcast platform of choice. We have shows for many different games, so if you want to check out some other podcasts you may enjoy, you should go to mashthosebuttons.com shows or stick around to hear about other shows that are available this week. Mash Those Buttons is an independent outlet that is supported by Patrons. If you enjoy our content and want to help us grow, you can become a Patron for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com mashthosebuttons. Besides helping us expand our content, Patrons gain early access to special content and also have access to exclusive supporter-only content. If you'd like to stay connected with Mash Those Buttons, you can follow us at twitter.com slash TheMashNetwork facebook.com slash mash those buttons or we'd love to have you join our discord community at discord.me slash mash those buttons once again thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time